listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broaden. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 49 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I am the 453rd sexiest man <laughs> in Kentucky racing between the 45 and 46-year-old demographic. I'm C.C. Broadus, and I'm joined by People Magazine's number one ranked handicapping slash dad bod slash pun making man of the year that's alan schneider keep going i was wondering how far you're going to go with that you could have went on and on uh with backhanded compliments uh because i mean i've i embody all those or i dad body all those so thank you it's a pleasure for me that you're here oh thank you so much let's just get that out of the way and now we are not joined oh. by our buddy brandon jaggers who is uh who's performing his uh, community service again tonight believe it never me. ends it never ends he's picking up trash in cherokee park gotta make the city look pretty for derby right so we appreciate his efforts right derby's right around the corner uh, as a matter of fact we're just over two weeks away and uh let's get into that right now there was two major prep races over the weekend and that was the, uh, the arkansas derby and the lexington stakes the arkansas derby was won by super stock and a very confusing race as he as he drove past concert tour in Cattle River late. Yeah, uh, I was out of town. I didn't see the race live. Uh, I got the text from CC about who won the race, and I won't I won't lie, I was shocked. Uh, I thought that was concert tour's race to lose. Watching the replay, he conceded the lead to Cattle River, put a head in front of Cattle River down a stretch. Honestly, truthfully, did did not respond. Uh, Cattle River came back and uh, got second away from the horse. It, it was a, to me, it was a bad effort by both those horses. Uh, Superstock kind of won the race on a default level in my mind uh, because the top two just didn't fire down a stretch, and he was in the, he was in the catbird seat. Give him credit for winning, but uh, uh, that race didn't show me a whole lot. That's not to say that a horse like Concert Tour being by Bob Effort can't uh, rebound on Derby Day, but I thought that was a bad prep all around. Well, let there be no doubt that Superstock is a really nice horse. I uh, I have never shown proper respect for this guy. Agreed. Dating back, I the I was watching Lone Star the night that he won a uh, state bred stakes race, and then from there he was elevated into uh, stakes races here in Kentucky. And I never did n- never did care for him in, at any point, but he always outran his odds and, and hit the board several times in graded stakes races. And now he's a uh, a grade two stakes winner, and he'll be. Probably somewhere around twenty to thirty to one in the Kentucky Derby. So uh, I'll tip my cap to him, but I'm going to try to beat him mm-hmm. in, in in less than or just over two weeks' time. And I'm like you on concert tour in Cattle River. I thought that was a really uh, I'm disappointed in both of their efforts. As as of today, Cattle River's owner, Shortly Stables, are leaning against running in the Derby. And the, another speed horse came out today, Panadol, the horse that was going to ship in from Dubai. He's out. 
So now what was looking like a really fast Kentucky Derby early starting to, the, the speed horses are starting to, to fall by the, by the wayside. And now could we see a concert tour on a lonely lead yeah. on the first Saturday in May, just like we, we saw last year with Authentic? Yeah, it, it's a, I just said it was a, a bad effort by concert tour in my mind. But again, as you, as you just mentioned, something we had talked about before we went on air is, it, it, is this a deal where uh, Baffert just – he let Cattle River go, go last time. Maybe that was a mistake. So Baffert says go with concert tour. I mean, uh, his name, uh, his his record in the Derby, you're, you're still going to get 7, 8 to 1 on concert tour in my mind. And I, as, even though I did not like the effort at all, I mean, if I were play, going deep on a ticket, I'd have to include him. I mean, because they may, they may just send, and we saw what happened when he sent in the Southwest. So – you know that that isn't that is a definitely way to look at that race when we get to that point. Well, let's rewind the clock to July. We were talking about Authentic and the Haskell, who had mm-hmm. a three-link lead late in the stretch and got nearly got caught. True. By a horse that was well beneath him, and we were all talking the same thing. This horse can't get the distance. He's not he's not good enough to win a Kentucky Derby. Four weeks later, or however long it was, five weeks, six weeks later, you know he goes wire to wire, and then then two months later he wins the Breeders' Cup Classic. Yeah, you, you know, the, the thing that bothers me about Concert Tour's performance in that race, and again, he may, I could definitely see them sending him and he airs on Derby Day, is not is not that Cattle River outgamed him for second. I thought neither horse was finishing that well. I think Cattle River, it, you know, sometimes you'll see a horse, you know, just show grit and determination to battle back and get to, I don't think it was a case of that. I just think, I just think that at the end of the race, Concert Tour is just going slower than Cattle River. Uh, so that's, that's my concern there, but Again, and that, that that race almost brought up more questions than it did answers. Well, all all I'll say, and we'll we'll leave this and go to the next topic after this. But if Concert Tour was trained by anybody but Bob Baffert, he'd be thirty forty to one in the Derby. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So that's that's how much uh, how much respect uh, the Baffert barn uh, demands. So. Anyway, we'll go on to the uh, Lexington Stakes. That was a mile and sixteenth at Keeneland over the weekend. It was won by King Fury, uh, a richly bred son of Curlin out of a very nice mare named Terrace. And uh, it was a it was a sloppy track. I think the race kind of fell apart a little bit late, but uh, King Fury kind of lived up to some of the hype that he uh, established when he broke his maiden in his first start going two terms at Churchill last fall. Yeah, this is the horse. If if you've listened to this podcast, we've talked about this horse since uh, his debut back at Ellis Churchill. Where did he debut at? We've Churchill. we've talked about yeah numerous times because we talked about the breeding. I think it was a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar purchase by uh, Curlin out of out of the uh, really really good uh, Sprinter Taurus. And uh, we all know uh, Ken McPeak has been high on this horse for a long time. I liked him in this spot. Did I win money on the race? No, but I did like the horse a lot. Uh, because McPeak is like the horse. And th- that was a race where there were a lot of horses sp- almost stretching out. Some were going to handle it, some were not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I did not like Proxy at all. I thought that he's a bad favorite. And uh, so that race did fall apart a little bit. That may have helped King Fury look at it. But in fairness, I thought King Fury ran fantastically. Uh, will he get in a derby? Probably not. It's unfortunate because... He could be a threat in that race, uh, the way his affinity for Churchill Downs, the talent that uh, he has shown. 
but I don't think it's, I don't think he's going to get, I'd love to see Ken McPeak and Brian Hernandez get in there, but uh, we'll see. Hey, you know, it might be a blessing in disguise if he misses. Agreed. It might be too much too soon. You know, maybe bring him back in the Belmont or, uh, or maybe something lesser and just go for a summer campaign, try to win the Haskell or the, or the Travers. Travers. That, that might be, you know, this, the, the sky's the limit for this horse. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I was excited about him when he won the, broke his maiden. And then I think he, the, 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 I, I bet him in the Breeders' Free Charity and the wheels fell off there. And then he came back to win. Uh, he beat Superstock. Yes. In the street, which is uh, crazy. That, that was a, uh, a productive overnight stakes race at Churchill where he beat Superstock. And those two come back to win greatest stakes races this past weekend. But, yeah, you know, King Fury, uh, sky's the limit, and we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on him. And if he if he does happen to sneak into the Derby field, I think he's got a shot to fill out the trifecta at the very very least. Yeah, it was a powerful move on the turn. That was that was a that was an eye catching move on the turn. You knew he was going to win at that point. There was no question. So uh, I, I do think the race fell apart a little bit. That said, I, I, the best horse won the race. There's no question in my mind about that. All right. So uh, Saturday is a nice 10 race card uh, capped off by the Elkhorn stakes. But before we get into handicapping that card, uh, mm-hmm. anything else you want to recap from, uh, from the uh, previous weekend? At, uh, oh, Oh yes. We have to mention, you know, uh, people probably get tired of hearing it. I don't care. Michelle Lovell, our buddy, uh, won the giants causeway, correct CC? The, that's uh, that's the, correct. The, the Giants Causeway at uh, uh, Keelan on uh, Saturday. We want to give her a big shout out. We love Michelle. She comes by lots of times. We uh, accompanied her to uh, Keelan on the previous week to watch uh, Just Might and the male compatriot to that stakes. That was not as good a finish for Just Might, but change of control uh, made up for it with a effort. It's a $200,000 race. Is that correct, CC, off the top of my head? It's either one fifty or two hundred. dollars It's a nice pot. So we're happy for Michelle, and uh, it goes back to what uh, one of the things I talk about all the time with her horses being overlaid. There are horses and trainers who get bet all the time that are not deserve that their win record does not warrant uh, the amount of money gets poured in them at the windows. The opposite is true for a lot of trainers and horses. And Change of Control and Michelle Lovell are great examples. Change of Control is now on four times in big races uh, around here in the last year, year and a half. Uh, off the top of my head, eight to one, eight to one, seventeen to one, thirty-eight to one. Um, into Mystic, the horse uh, that uh, Change of Control beat uh, went off. I don't know, six to five, eight to five. Horses had won one time in the last ten starts. Always gets bet, and it just shows you the way sometimes horse players just overlook certain horses and certain connections. And uh, you know, we appreciate they do. But uh, again, we want to we want to uh, congratulate Michelle on a big win. Absolutely right. Let's go to the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday. And then that starts with race six. And this is a maiden special weight with a purse of $79,000, six furlongs. These are for the maiden. This is maidens three years old and upward. Uh, and the morning line favorite is number five, Pledge of Allegiance. For Paul McGee, ridden by Rafael Bayerano, son of Constitution, and he is coming off a layoff. So, at two to one, what do you do with Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah, I mean, I love the name. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you're going to take this horse. 
uh, first time gelding off a layoff and his best efforts at a mile at Churchill uh, back in the spring at two to one. I'm not. Uh, I like the horse. I think the horse can run well. I like a first timer in here uh, on the outside. Lothan Box Stables, Ian Wilkes, Julian Leperu, a horse they paid $635,000 for, which is a lot for these guys. Captain Hank. Uh, I like the work pattern. Usually Wilkes doesn't win first time out, but if you find the right spot, the right horse, he can do it. I do not think this is the toughest maiden special weight at, at Keeneland. This horse sits an outside trip. I like the fact that uh, his last work was three furlongs coming off a series of longer works uh, at Churchill. Makes me think uh, they may be trying today with this horse. Um, I, I don't see much in the race. Jerry Secret's a nice, really nice speed horse who uh, had a really nice three, or, uh, two or three races at Turfway Park. Uh, still, if, if if the eight horse is ready, I think he could beat this bunch. Uh, give me Captain Hank in here at a bit of a price at eight to one. Well, let's talk about Jerry's secret, the six horse. The time for him to win was that second start. He ran. It huge. was. Yeah, he ran huge the first time out. Uh, he, as I recall, he didn't switch leads, and I don't think he switched leads again late in the stretch, in the second start. I can't remember the third start, but I mean he he went. That was a uh, Jim Beam day, or uh, uh, that was the that was the big day, the the yeah. seventh start. Uh, he he set the pace and, and faded to finish third. He was nine to five that day. I mean, you know, I I have to think this field is just as good as the other three fields that he faced. Uh, I'd like to see the horse win for low profile connections, but I, I have mm -hmm. a feeling he's going to be overbet again. This time they're adding blinkers, but that's not going to help him change leads late in the stretch so i think i don't know if you necessarily fade this one but I, there, there there are others in here that uh that fit i just point out number three coffee break is the son of ghost zapper out of a uh, mayor coffee click coffee yep. click i think won the distaff turf turf mile on derby day a few years ago yes right? that's correct this, this might be his her first foal uh, there's one other foe, one other foe. There's it, one it, other foe. Like, yeah, but I, I'm like, yeah, I like the breeding on this one. Uh, is, is today the spot six furlongs on the dirt? I, I, I don't know, but I think that if this horse, this horse could be really good, I will say this. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, outside of that, you've got, uh, you know, the seven horse eye of the cat is a Wayne Catalano trained horse. He usually doesn't win first time out, uh, you know. The, the the rail horse Diamond State has done our you know he he hit the board once at Tampa in two starts. Yeah. Tomlinson's horse, the two magicians holiday, he doesn't usually win first time out. It's Minnesota bred too. Oh wow, yeah it is. Yeah, uh, four Derby date, oh for twelve. It's not a very good race. So it's not, that's why I say if, if Captain Hanks ready, watch the board, see how this one opens up, or watch your will pays. This one could be live either because he's special or, be, or by default. Uh, so, yeah. I'll, I'll take 8-1 to one, Captain Hank. If I play a pick five ticket, I'd go three, five, six, eight. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I would. if I'm spreading, I would definitely throw a coffee, uh, coffee break in as a uh, – uh, uh, from, a, from a breeding perspective in a, in a race that may be a little bit lacking quality-wise. That's not to say Pledge of Allegiance or Jerry Seeger cannot win by no stretch of imagination, but I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look a little bit elsewhere in this one. Yep. All right, let's turn the page. Let's go to uh, race seven, first leg of the late pick four, 
five and a half furlongs on the turf for Phillies and Mares, four years old and up, which have never won 10,000 twice, other than Maiden claiming her starter. The morning line favorite is number five, ready for change for the Neil Pesson barn. This filly, four-year-old filly, is two for two. Both races have been ringed off the turf, and she won both. Uh, she's beaten a total of, what, 10 horses lifetime, or, or excuse me, 10 horses total in two starts. Uh, ready for change, three to one on the morning line for B.J. Hernandez. Who do you like in the seventh? That's where I'm headed. Um, uh, again, it's Lothenbach again. I'm hoping Lothenbach has a good day on, on Saturday. May, might mean I might have a good day on Saturday. Um, they tried twice to get this horse on the turf. By more than ready. Um, I believe uh, the the, the uh, damn single solution has several winners that were on the turf. So they tried to get her on the turf twice. It didn't work out. Horse still aired both times. Well, it didn't air so much the second time. But run big numbers. They're getting her on the... Um, Getting on the surface, they've been trying to get her on. Uh, you know, again, Pesson went the first time out, raises your eyebrows right off the bat, especially by 11 lengths, even though it was maybe a, a soft field. Uh, you, you've got to worry about a horse like Chili. Is it Patan or Pitten? I mean, we uh, this horse runs like once every year, it seems like, for Wesley Ward, who wins a lot of these races. Uh, I don't think this horse is as good as some of the other ones he he puts out on the turf off layoffs. I, I'm I'm okay taking ready for change in this spot uh, at three to one. I think he might get bet a little bit. Uh, also, I think of the long shot in the race, you might get a price as uh, our buddy Chris Landerelson and Wilkes of Violenza. This one, this one had a nice tune-up down at Gulfstream. Landerelson rides a horse well, could sit a good trip. So, uh, without belaboring this too much, I'm on the potential star ready for change, like Violenza for a bomb. And we got to give a little nod to the sixth notorious RBG because that's a great name. Uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a little play on Notorious B.I.G. So, a shout out for that that really cool named horse. But yeah, again, ready for change for me. Violenza gets a nod as a as a long shot. Let's talk about number two, Brooke Marie. Uh, this goes for uh, this mare goes for Jonathan Thomas. Second off a long layoff. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to give this mare a look. She was a stakes she was stakes placed, you know, just under two years ago at Saratoga and Belmont and she came back off a long layoff and showed, you know, she, she chased sequin from the Wesley Ward barn at Turfway. Right. And, you know, she gave away fairly badly, but the barn brings her back here with Louis Saez board. Yeah. Yeah. Saez is on a roll. He, I mean, he owns that track right now. Yeah. And and Jonathan Thomas won nearly everything at Turfway. It seemed Mm. like for, you know, He's living for 34 on the year. So uh, this mayor's got a good work, April 9th at Keeneland, 47 and 4. I think, you know, she may be sitting on a, an improved effort. Also, one last thing uh, if you can find the winner of the race, maybe you can find a, a Superfecta ticket if you use number nine, Strong Odor, underneath. Mm. I like this is the type of mayor. I, she may not be as effective at, at Keeneland. You might see her later on in the summer at Ellis. She's. She might be better there, but this is type of filly that I like to play in a in a superfecta where she'll just anchor toward yeah. the back of the pack and then make a run late. And uh, she was good to me over the winter at Turfway, and then mm-hmm. you know, last time she had to face Sequin and Miss Mosaic, and she was she wasn't she wasn't up to the task. But if they go too quick here, she might be able to pick up pieces late and 
maybe rally for fourth or third or something like that. So I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of discussions on, uh, you know, social media this week about how to bet horses and stuff. And sometimes I think a little bit of it's cliche. Sometimes I think a lot of it's legitimate. Sometimes I think, sometimes I think it's uh, overblown, overwrought. But one of the things that we do when we play Super Effectus is uh, we try to find that horse or two horses that oftentimes uh, – may not win the race per se, but you know, they'll give a good account. They'll get in the super effect. And if you can nail down some other spots, you can cash a really nice ticket by uh, finding horses, such a strong odor for a wide variety of reasons. And, and I agree with you. I think this horse might fit the bill. If he doesn't win the race, if she doesn't win the race, but uh, I like your thinking there. Okay. Race eight mile and 16th on the dirt this time. Lounge optional claimer four years old and upward, which have never won $10,000 three times other than yada, yada, yada. Number three, South Bend will be the morning line favorite. Bill Mott, Joel Rosario, of course, was last seen on the turf in the grade one Belmont Derby, finishing up the track behind Gufo, No Word, Mo Ready, et cetera. Prior to that, he was 15th in the Kentucky Derby, well beaten by Authentic. This horse, he's kind of an in and outer. He, he's probably a little bit better on turf. But he shows up here, five to two, morning line favorite. What what do we do with uh, South Bend? Ooh, um, I mean it's Joel Rosario's. Rachel Abbey takes the mount. Um, it, it, not for me in this spot. Respect the horse. Respect the career he's had. Uh, in fact, the Bill Mott brings it back up late. It's probably gonna be dangerous. But uh, first of all, I should say this: Keeneland's had some cards that have been a little bit rough so far this meet. Let's let's be honest. But the Saturday card is not one of them. This is a pretty good card on Saturday. I, I like it. I've been a little bit harsh on them a little bit. It's not their fault. But I do like the Saturday card. I think this is a good example of a of a, of a seven-horse race that I do kind of like a little bit. And, and I think the reason is there's a lot of high-profile names in here that are going to take money because you've got um, Maker, you've got Chug, you've, you've got Mott. The horse I like in here is um, – Lester connections, uh, and notoriety wise. Uh, so I think you might get a little bit of a price on the horse and that's Royal Mesa for, uh, Phil Sims, who's had a good meet, but, uh, this horse, um, it has a great record at Keeneland. He's, he's got two wins, a second, and a third and five starts at Keeneland. And I would almost throw an asterisk to that. I think the record's better than it indicates because one of those efforts was a third by 12 to a horse called Nick's go who, uh, that's when he started his tear last year and, you know, the, chasing that horse around a track. I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do. And I'd also add uh, the race against title ready lost by head title ready came back to run the Breers cup classic. So Royal Mesa loves this track. Uh, he had a nice effort at Turfway back in January and they decided at this point, they're just going to stop on him, get him ready for Keeneland like Phil Sims likes to do. And Rafael Bejarano rides this horse really well. I think he might get first run in this race over some of these deeper closers, deeper higher name closers. And uh, I'll take Royal Mesa here. What do you think? Uh, that's the one I like the most. Chris, I, I like I like to bet Phil Sims at Keeneland anyway. Yeah. He, he points to the meet. And, you know, the fact that he doesn't have a prep race coming into this, I, that doesn't bother me at all. I think, uh, no. I think that means Phil's got him ready for this. You know, he's got, looking at his workout tab, he's got two five furlong workouts back in March. And I, I'm like you, I like the inside draw. I think he'll set a good trip. And he's catching some of these. Off the layoffs. Off the layoff. There's three of them coming off the layoff. So, you know, they might be short. Uh, 
I probably misspoke about South Bend. I said he's better on turf, but he's actually three for seven on the on the dirt. He's won over three hundred forty thousand dollars. He's a stakes winner on dirt. Mm-hmm. So, but he's 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 fared well on both surfaces. But this might this is probably a prep for something on down the road. Uh, of course, I do want to talk about though is Mighty Heart, the six horse. Now we brought him up on a previous podcast when we had Ashley Mayu on. Yes, back around end of September when we talked about Prince of Wales Stakes. I thought that was a pretty impressive effort that Prince of Wales win because this horse has proven now he can win on the lead, he can win from off the pace, and you know Josie Carroll's a really good trainer. Going back and after after he won the Prince of Wales Stakes. For some reason, they just sent him to the lead in the Breeder Stakes. He had a chance to win the Canadian Triple Crown. Yeah. And 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 they sent him on a. It was just. I, I, yeah. He dueled on the lead, going 47 and two, 113 on a on a mile and a half. A mile and a half with turf that was somewhat giving, and had or had some give to it, and you know that that was that was it for him. And then his last start of the year, he finished fourth to Field Pass. It was a nice Mike Maker runner. So, I mean, this horse has some talent, but, uh, you know, whether, whether or not he's ready to show it on the, uh, in the first race of the year, I don't know. I have a feeling though he's fit and he worked six furlongs at, uh, Paul Meadows back at the end of March. So, uh, but is he, is he here because, uh, Woodbine's closed because the, the Woodbine is inexplicably closed. Yeah. And so there, is it a plan B coming down here? It's just well, a thought. She, she will run. Josie Carroll will run. There. Yeah rent horses at Keeneland on the way up. So, you know, it, this might, this might be part of the plan and then it might be a, a prep for something on down the road, but, uh, they get horses merits merits a look. So now, yeah. this is a good race. This is a good, this is a nice little seven horse field. I think and it's interesting to say the least. And I think, you know, maybe horses like code runner is a throw out final jeopardy is interesting. Cause we had uh, Bill Mori on a few weeks ago and, and he said, you know, he shipped this horse to Oakland just to probably get That's a preference right. in. So he he may be ready to go in this spot, you know. Yeah, but, I would I would not toss that. It's Martin Pedroza too, who's uh, done well in his uh, return return yeah. to the races. And let's not and forget he, top seed on the far outside for uh, Shemigahi and Johnny Velasquez. Uh, he's three for five lifetime. So horse obviously has some talent. Yeah. So that's why I think in this race, you're going to have, with, with the connections, you're going to have uh, some of these uh, higher profile horses get hit a little bit. I think top seed, even though people respect him, not top seed, I'm sorry, my, uh, our selection, a Royal Mesa, is, is probably going to be in, be in every bit of nine to two because of a, a, a couple different factors. But I think the horse sits a trip. I think we get first run on these, these closers. And, uh, you know, I like the horse here. Okay. Now. Here's a race that always trips me up. It's the Amen. mile and a half Elkhorn Stakes, grade two, $200,000 purse, a mile and a half on the grass. And I'm telling you what, this race, it, every year, I think I've got the key. And when I find the key, they change the locks on me. <laughs> Number 10, Red Knight will be the favorite, excuse me, the morning line favorite, three to one. And for Bill Mott, ridden by James Graham. That's interesting. I didn't notice that earlier. James Graham's riding Red Knight. But he rode him in the Sycamore back in October to victory over postulation. That was a nice effort. Then he came back to run second in the red Smith. Uh, lots of ways to go here. I've got a long shot that I'm kind of interested in, 
But uh, look, we'll start with you. Who do you like in the Elkhorn? You know, these are Keeneland Marathon turf races. I'll be honest. I think uh, when you when you handicap horses, you're a horse player. You've got to be honest about your strengths. You've got to be honest about uh, your weaknesses. Where are you good at? Where you're not as good at? The mile and a half uh, marathon races at Turfway and the Stakes Company, the Sycamore, the, the Dowager, the the Elkhorn, and so on. I don't think they're I don't think they're at the top of my list of what I'm good at. I'll be honest with you. I'm still going to try to pick a winner in this spot. I, I think this is a little classier uh, version of the Elkhorn than usual. So there's two that I kind of uh, came down to with after that uh, asterisk I gave initially. I'm going to take a speed horse and a closer. I'm going to take Tide of the Sea, who's been good to me in the past. Uh, I think some people are going to look at the two maker horses in here and see that Tyler Gaffleone leaves Tide of the Sea for a cross-border. And I'm wondering if just might Maker decide to put Corrales on this horse because I think uh, Gaffleon took back last time and may have cost him the race in the MacDier Media down at Gulfstream. The horse still finished very well, but this horse should be able to clear off in this race. When he clears off, he's tough. Uh, a mile and a half should be no problem. Corrales, you might get a little price horse because a lot of people don't know Corrales, but if you follow Turfway, you know Corrales is one hell of a rider. Uh, knows how to rate a speed horse too, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean the tie of the sea. Uh, I got to give a nod to though. If I use another horse, I'm gonna use North Dakota. Uh, the horse is on the improve. Uh, he's starting to starting to get it together at five years old. You know, Shug's taking his time with him. A lot of money's gonna go Red Knight's way, and rightfully so. But North Dakota beat him on the square last year at Aqueduct, and the the thing that catches my eye on that race is that. North Dakota didn't just beat Red Knight. North Dakota passed Red Knight. They were both closing down the stretch, but North Dakota went by um, Red Knight. That, that that's something that's something I look for in races when I when I look for trips. Did, did horses pass other horses when they're closing down the stretch? Did they pass other horses along the way? And North Dakota did pass Red Knight. That's not to say that the same won't happen again today, but at ten to one to get John Velasquez, uh, those the, that's the two ways I would lean. I'm going to spread in here, but there's two horses I'm definitely going to use that are double-digit prices. Uh, we'll talk about the less interesting one here. That's uh, Monarch's Glen. Oh, yeah, Mike Maker. Well, Mike Maker claimed this horse. That's this is right up his alley. And this horse was supposed to be good way back in in the day. Judmont Farm campaigned him, and he came over here and just never, you know, he never never did put it all together. But Mike Maker claims him for Michael This is the same uh, combinations that, or excuse me, same team that claimed uh, Zulu Alpha a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, mean, I take that back. John Ortiz claimed Zulu Alpha for, for Michael Hui, but then they transferred the horse to Mike Maker. So in a similar, similar fashion here. But this this is right up Mike Maker's alley. Uh, he, he's known for transforming these horses. I'm I'm not going to throw him out. Yeah, you're right. I, I should include him. It's Joel Rosario too. But the one I, I'm interested in is number eight, Fantas Fantas. Oh, uh, oh, I should have known. Nacho, you, he loves his nacho, folks. So th- this guy wants to run all day long. He, he's mile and a half through and through. 
he ran – I went back and watched one of his races in Argentina at Palermo, the General San Martin. That was a mile and a half on the turf. He he had a – he relaxed. He was far back early. And then they, they turned for home, and I'm, I swear he was in the 12 path coming off the turn. I mean, it, this horse was in Chile coming <laughs> off the turn. And he rallied to finish second behind a nice horse named Pinball Wizard. Pinball Wizard is one of the top horses in Argentina. I think he's like seven out of 15 lifetime. He's won, you know, a lot of the great ones. Or he's, he's he's placed in in a lot of the big races in Argentina. So this this horse was, you know, he was fairly close to him. He he was trying to gain on him at the wire, and then he came back. Looks like he bounced off that effort in the uh, Alfredo Lalor behind. Uh, pinball wizard again and he's he says it says he's six years old on in the program in reality he's only like five and a half he was born in august on southern hemisphere time so he's he's a five-year-old so maybe maybe room for improvement and you know these horses in this race of course we got this silly rule with no lasix now in the stakes races now fantasioso has never raced on lasix Good point. Good point. And in addition to that, he carries 132 pounds in just about every race. So you know he gets a 14 pound weight break from what he's been doing in uh, previously. Uh, you know I'm using him. I, you know he'll probably come in last, just like everything else I pick. But <laughs> he, I'm, I'm using him just in case this is the day. He, he might be, uh, he might be a top turf star in this country going You've forward. You sold me. You sold me. The ranks, the ranks aren't that. They're not. They're not what they used to be back in the day. Let's just put it that way. But right. you know, if I, I I have to spread here, I'm going to use all the makers. Got to use the uh, Phil D'Amato horse shipment from California. Say the word. Uh, it used to be, I would never bet a California horse on the turf, but it seems like they're finding the winning ways lately. So I gotta I gotta use that one. And you know, like I said, the, the maker horses, cross border, Monarchs, Glen, Tide of the Sea. I like North Dakota. North Dakota helped me win a pick forward aqueduct in that Red Smith last fall. And I'm going to use Fantasioso and then Red Knight. Hmm. So, you know, I'm using most of them, but. Make some good points. So a couple quick questions. Well, first of one comment. Uh, I mean, these selections are free, folks. And who else are you going to find in the world of podcasting or in the world of. Um, just handicapping in general that's going to go back and watch races from Argentina in the middle of the night for you guys. I mean, let's let's give CC a shout out. Right. Uh, that's dedication. That's dedication. And, and he kind of knows what he's talking about there too. And I guess one of the comments that I have is uh, Pinball Wizard. Who rode that? Who rides that? I, I don't know. I, I know we're, you're probably going something smart ass here, but no, that was a that was a little pun there. I was hoping you would get it. You know, I don't, like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well, of course, but uh, I couldn't figure out how to put the rock opera Tommy in there, so I just go with the basic who stuff. But you have sold me there on uh, on that horse. I would actually include that horse simply because of that. So, again, we I go back to what I said earlier. These races are not not usually my wheelhouse as to be in a excellent. So if I were to win the race, I'd actually be as surprised as anybody else would. <laughs> Red Knight, I was just looking at Red Knight. He's eight for 22 lifetime. He's probably the winner. You know, but probably, but he, he draws the 10 hole. He's going to get a, a wide trip and, you know, he, he's never raced without Lasix. Uh, you know, so 
it's I think it's worth a shot to spread here. Yeah, this consistency is amazing. Again, I point out the North Dakota passing that that gives me the, but that that may be a thing of the North Dakota might be the light may be going off for North Dakota as, as, as against uh, a dig against Red Knight because Red Knight is as consistent as a horse you're going to find it at this level at this distance on turf. All right, let's cap it off Ugh. with the finale. A starter optional claimer, four years old enough, which have never excuse me, which have started for a claiming price of five thousand dollars or less in 20 and 21, or they could put the horse up for a claim tag for $10,000. And, oh boy, here we go. The favorite will be Finnegan. And this horse is coming out of the Wesley Ward barn. This is a half brother to Bodie Meister, as, as I recall. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, he's four for 14 lifetime. He's eight years old and he's only made 14 starts. Uh, he's he's three to one on the morning line. Joel Rosario takes the mount, and you know, I mean, I'm sure that this horse is well prepared for this start. I, I don't know what to do with him here. So, what do you think? Well, this uh, the thing about this race, it's hard for me to come up with a with a with a solid selection. That said, there's a lot of tosses in here, which makes it a little bit easier. So if you're if you if you did go two, three, four deep, you got a pretty good shot if you if you pick you know the logicals in here. Uh, I want to say that High Five Cotton is the horse to beat here, but coming off one of those run-back horses at Keeneland, they usually do well. Uh, ran at this level last time. Saez got aggressive, as he usually does, and, and shot to the front down the stretch just to be caught by you know, a well-spotted horse named Stay Home. So from just from that aspect, I would say High Five Cotton is the horse to beat. But then again... I can't say, hey, single this horse or uh, load up on this horse because the, the, his figures have slipped off a little bit the last three races, and the effort could have been a uh, last time. The good showing could have been a representative of the field he was in. So I, I want to give a slight nod to him because of the cutback. I think size is going to be – if size is as aggressive as he was last time, the horse will probably win. That said, I can't say, hey, this is the horse because we don't know what Finnegan's going to do because Finnegan, you know, Wesley Ward's on fire and uh, he prepped this horse knowing that this, this optional claiming race was at Keeneland. So you probably have to include Finnegan with his back class and his prep for the race. Uh, those are two boring picks. I'll acknowledge that. So a third more exciting pick maybe might be the 12 horse can't say no. If I was going to go three deep, I'd use this one. A uh, very consistent horse. Most of his wins have come on on uh, the all-weather surface, but I really like that race at Turfway Two Back, where he closed like a shot against a really good informed Flor- Floropolis. Uh, the next race, the pace didn't quite work out for him. So if he takes the turf, if he takes the dirt here, and he's got the outside draw, Miguel Mena, and you're getting six, seven to one on him, he might be a nice alternative to the top two, but. Give me give me high five cotton in the narrowest of edges over uh, Finnegan and or can't say no. I'll just add one more to that. I think you're on the right horses. I'm going to use number 11 state treasurer mm-hmm. for Marianne Shear. This is Marianne Shear is married to the son of Merrill Shear. Marianne used to be a an exercise rider for Bill Mott. Oh, really? Back in the day. So, you know, she. She knows her way around a horse. Let's just put it that way. They claim this horse off Carl Broberg. And, you know, eight to one, this horse has ran some decent buyer speed figures at fairgrounds. Uh, 
last two starts, he's he's not got off to a good start out of the gate. He got bumped or he's been he's been slow. If he can get away fairly decent, that's that's kind of a bit of a bugaboo for him in the last several starts. I think maybe if he's got a shot to run him down lately or late in late in the game. But like I said, I don't. I mean, that's that's at eight to one. I think it's worth using in your pick four. Yeah. But by no means do I think he's going to win the race. Well, we also should mention uh, uh, Loopaloo a little bit for uh, our buddy Sack's uh, favorite jockey, Mitchell Merle. Uh, that that horse could be the fastest horse in the race. Could be this. Could be uh, positioned well from a speed standpoint on the race. I, I kind of like the other logicals better, but uh, it would be remiss not to mention Loopaloo in this spot. Bet Mitch get rich. That's what that's what Sack says. That's what a lot of people say, and they're usually right too. To be honest with you, this horse return made a return on my birthday i remember this and i was like there's no way this horse is going to come off a year layoff and win they've dropped him from allowance company the year prior to the bottom nickel nickel claimer he was sent off four to five he didn't even go off the favorite and uh he went wire to wire hmm. so yeah he, he gets a he gets an easy lead he's gone so uh would you agree with this maybe use the three loopaloo the six finnegan the eight high five cotton, the eleven state treasurer, and the twelve can't say no. If you can hit, if you can find a single in race seven or eight. Yeah, that that probably covers it, uh, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I I would lean. There's Kate's Golden Dude to the eh. uh, The good thing about that is you might be able to lean a little bit on Finnegan and uh, high five cotton. I mean, you're getting Joel Rosario and, and uh, Luis Saez there. In, in a race such as this. So, I mean, that's t- together. Those guys are one's hitting a 31% clip. The other's hitting a 26% clip. So uh, that's, I'm sure they're going to be on most tickets. So yeah, I, I see your logic there. If you use those, I would, I would, uh, I would cover with those five perhaps. And I'd probably lean harder on uh Rosario Saez and uh, Miguel Manus horse on the outside. Well, yeah, that's, this is where I'm struggling because I mean, it, Ward's putting just uh, Joel Rosario on what's essentially a, a nickel claimer. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he, he he's not going to stick him on a horse that's going to finish last. And he didn't. Right. You know, he's not trying to put a, a claim tag on him, so he's not trying to lose the horse. And I would add one thing about in line with what you're saying there. I remember the first, like the first or second race of the Turfway Meet. There was a horse called Alien Season that that looks a lot like what Finnegan is here. Uh, that Wesley Ward started. At uh, a, a nickel, and a horse looked better than the, the nickel tag he was in, and put, Ward puts him in for a nickel. He wins, and then he moves up in a, into an optional starter allowance company, so starter optional claimer company, and it appeared to be a big move up. And the horse responded real well both times he did it. So uh, that might be a precursor to what you see here with Finnegan. So the, the, I do expect a good effort him, and Rosario taking him out gives you a little, uh, you know. A little point in that right in the direction so right all right well we've got some time to to figure this out but uh that's uh that's a pretty good rundown of the late pick five i thought mm-hmm. that, yeah my ticket's only going to cost one thousand two hundred fifty dollars so i i've oh, probably right. got a got a shot to uh, to break even at the worst pays 1300 your head pal right exactly right so all right, so that's all for uh, Keeneland on Saturday. And unfortunately, this is the last Keeneland Saturday of the meet. Hard uh, to believe, isn't it? 
That is unbelievable. We're going to be talking about Derby, or excuse me, I was going to call it Derby Trial Day. Uh, actually, Churchill's opening day is next Saturday. It used to be the, the, the Derby Trial Day. But, uh, yeah, that's that's next Saturday. So, uh, uh, pretty excited about that. Derby's just just over two weeks away. Yeah, we've got some uh, we've got some good things planned. We've got some good guests um, we're going to bring on to talk Derby. A lot of a lot of podcasts we're going to have, but we we like to uh, think we uh, we've got a few good ones lined up. We're going to discuss the Derby. Obviously, everyone is. We'll discuss the Elks. We'll discuss the undercard races. But uh, we look forward to it. We hope you guys are looking forward to it. And uh, it's it's a fun time if you enjoy handicapping the races and just uh, actually being in the city of Louisville for a change. So we're, we we. Uh, we hope you guys listen a little bit. And uh, right about now, see, it's it's late in the day. Brandon's probably taking off that orange reflective vest. Yes. <laughs> He's probably tired, ready to go to bed. Uh, to yeah, go. I was only so many cigarette butts you can clean up on the side of the road before you get wore out. Right, right. Yeah, you know, we feel for him. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll have him back next week. Uh, Sounds good. But, uh, anything, any parting shots before you go? You want you want to make fun of anybody or you want to say something bad? Um. Good? No, I think it's, you know, I'm an old man. It's it's getting late for me, as you could probably guess. So I, I'll have to wait till I'm able to get a fresher, fresher mind before I can do all that. All right. Well, we'll cap it off here. And uh, on behalf of Brandon and on behalf of Alan, I'm CC Broadus, reminding you at home, around the globe, and out in the skies above that gambling money ain't got no home.